The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... More information about the upcoming 50th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. But first, Lynn Cooper begins ACB Reports for June 2011 with an overview of spring and summer women's fashions from the Mirrors Project. about men's trends and men's designers are referring to the 1960s. Well, for women, it is 10 years later. We are seeing the 1970s looks being reflected in day, evening, and casual wear. Studio 54 disco was big. Charlie's Angels. We can think of the 1970s as being the end of the anti-war We started having more fun with designs, a little bit of the hippie looks, but not altogether that. It's more of an elegant 1970s look. Once again, if you want to rent some movies for the 70s, sit down and have somebody describe what's being worn, that's not a bad place to start. And the fun of having generations gone by reflected in fashion is that it's usually easy to pick up a piece or two at a secondhand shop. And I just wanted to mention to our listeners the definition of vintage is officially at least 30 years. Major trends we're looking at here. Number one is color-blocked sportswear. Imagine if you were on the floor playing with blocks, piling blocks of different colors. These are solid color, bright colored blocks and they are piled one on top of the other. So when they refer to color black sportswear, they mean a solid. Very seldom do you see any accessories or any design elements on these other than the most basic. A solid bright color blouse, a different solid bright color jacket, and a different color solid skirt or pants. It sounds easy to do. It's one of these that looks easier than it is to put together, but that is being shown a lot. And as I mentioned, little or no details on those pieces because you don't want to distract. Really, the impression that you're making is this color blocking, all of these large chunks of color together. We have to, of course, before we wear that, ladies, consider our figures and consider other elements of uh, how we wish to present ourselves. Another look is lady like Lux, L-U-X-E, referring to luxury. We're seeing brocades, feathers, gold threads woven through the fabric, ornamentation on jackets and dresses. That's a bit of elegance. And as I mentioned, that 70s inspiration, we're seeing that again, brightly colored cottons and jumpsuits. Jumpsuits were really big in the 70s, done either casually or they are done for evening. We're seeing bell bottoms, peasant tops. Peasant tops are gathered. They're usually elasticized at the cuffs, quite a thick band of elastic at the waist, and then elastic on the collar. And the collar is just very simple, no lapels or anything. And so when you wear this top, usually in paisley or it's floral, you can pull it down over your shoulders, over one shoulder. That is a peasant top. We're seeing wide leg pants with high waist, big flouncy blouses for day with bow necks, which we call stock ties, but necks of the blouses that allow you to tie a big bow. And they're very big and flouncy blouses. Platform shoes and big sunglasses. So the 70s inspiration is really big. 
once again, vintage shops, secondhand shops. Here we go. Shades of red when we refer to new colors. Hot red, bright red, fire engine red is really big. Orange is also very big, as is cobalt blue. And cobalt blue, you would imagine it to be the primary blue. It is the bluest blue. Gold is the metal of the season. Once again, referring back to the 70s. And we're seeing a trend of lace. Lace dresses, skirts, tops, pants. We're even seeing handbags and shoes. To go along with this lace trend, to look handmade, we're seeing crochet and macrame dresses, pants, tops, handbags, shoes, too. And once again, this is a great place to look for these secondhand shops. But be careful when you do that you have a human mirror with you because sometimes these are stained in ways that haven't been caught by the store personnel. And a lot of these fabrics, especially lace, are not really a good idea just throw them in the washing machine. White, the color white, which is probably not a surprise to anybody, but white from head to toe. White, pure white from the uh, blouse, jacket, bottoms, pure white dresses, pure white jumpsuits. It's white, 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 which is beautiful, but I find it on a good day hard to keep from being full of schmutz. So it is very difficult to do this look, quite frankly because just wear and tear, just writing at your desk or just typing every day where the hem of your cuff is on your sleeves will naturally collect some dirt. So it is what's being shown, but it's tricky to translate to real life in my estimation. We're also seeing prints, which is not terribly unusual for this time of year. Things are blooming and, and fabrics and designers are reflecting this. There are abstract prints floral prints, geometric prints. A lot of these refer to my eye to what I've seen in Africa, tribal-inspired. And always big is animal prints. Lighter wash jeans, as we've seen in menswear. And the biggest look in pants is getting away from that really narrow leg to wider leg pants, what we used to call stovepipe, whether it be cuffed, or it be a palazzo pant, which is a very flowy, uncreased pant. The wider leg pants with higher waist. If you have a wide leg pant, it usually will have a higher waist. The lengths of skirts, reflecting once again to the 70s, we're seeing what we used to call maxi skirts, and those are mid-calf, your calf being between your knee and your ankle. That's for day and evening. We're seeing this in dresses and what have you. But your average skirt, what we would look at for work and what have you, is about five inches above the knee. Not seeing a lot of those micro mini skirts anymore. I will say, though, that we must always consider what happens when we sit. A skirt that is five to six inches above the knee when we stand becomes almost dangerously short when we sit. Things go up about four to five inches when we sit down. So we have to consider this. And then we're also seeing men's suitings now, whether it's in pure white, whether it's in color blocking, whatever fabric or whatever coloration it is, we're seeing a reference to men's suitings. In denim, we are seeing some kind of fun things happening. We're seeing denim suits, jackets, and pants jackets and skirts. We're seeing denim coats. 
denim sport coats. And this is kind of a fun look because if you buy these pieces in a classic style, you can have them for quite a few years. They'll uh, have some life to them. Once again, the wide leg pants. And when we wear these wide leg pants, we have to consider that when it's bigger at the bottom of the pant, you want to wear a higher heel. You want to add some substance because you're going from the waist, which would be the smallest part of the pant, all the way down. Your viewer's going all the way down, and if you've got a big opening at the bottom and you've got big flowy pants, you have to have it weighted, as we say, with a big shoe. Now that's either a platform sandal, a pump, but something with substance. Or we are wearing those with the platform sandals, which I'll get into in a minute. And finally, also reflected in menswear, which we spoke about, the striped fisherman's shirt, the French fisherman's shirt. That is really big, worn for women and men. So that also, as we mentioned for men, is a really nice, relatively inexpensive way to incorporate a trend into one's wardrobe. When we look at hair and makeup, two real big trends. One is long and loose, and that is doable if people have long hair, but even if you don't have long, long hair, long and loose is a big look with a gentle wave, not a perm, just a gentle wave, and a center part, which is a little tricky. We want to make sure we use our human mirrors for this. A center part is a little tricky for a lot of faces. Then we have twists and roll. So if we're not seeing it long and loose, we are seeing it either slicked back with a lot of hair product or gel, or we're seeing it put up very casually, very loosely in a twist or a roll, not on top of the head, but toward the back of the head. And once again, very loose, so there'll be hairs hanging out. It's not severe. But the sleek and shiny look is very severe and pulled back. And what we're seeing in makeup are metallic eyes. This refers back to the 1970s again. We are seeing a dark silver or a dark bronze eyeshadow. Now, we have to consider where we're going and who we're going to be seeing and meeting when we wear these things. But uh, we also have to consider that at night with lower lights, you can get away with more and should actually be bumping up the makeup that you wear. And then bright red lips, bright orange or bright pink. And these are not soft, muted colors. These are the real McCoy. Now, what I also will say is that when I'm seeing these bright red lips to act as the focal point on the face, we're seeing softer and gentler eyes and cheek and other makeup so that the observer goes right to those lips, which become the drama spot for the face. When we look at accessories, white, of course, probably no surprise to anyone in summer, white handbags, shoes, clutches, just you name it, the gamut. Then we also see naturals, which is a pretty common theme reflected in spring and summer for women over the years. That would be raffia or canvas or fabric, and that's khaki or casual uh, caramel, light tan colors, just a natural. And usually there's texture to those fibers, and that's being shown in handbags, shoes, uh, hair accessories, you name it. That's also a nice way, inexpensively, to reflect a trend but to not spend a lot of money. You can go into a lower-priced shoe store, and I'm sure they will have a natural fabric handbag or clutch bag for little or no money. 
stripes, yep, in handbags too. Once again, these are the horizontal, two colors on an average of one inches wide stripe. Again, this is a la the French sailor who in 1858, this became a piece of the uniform. It is a long sleeve and usually cotton shirt with what we call a boat neck. And that is not a scoop neck that just goes from shoulder to shoulder straight across. That's called a boat neck, and it's open. Bright, solid colors we're also seeing in accessories and shoes. The newest look is called the flat form wedge. And wedge is a little bit of a misnomer. Back in the 70s when we were disco dancing, we wore cork wedgies, I remember. And these are sandals that had a wedge bottom. Now, this has been shown for quite some time where there's a platform of an inch or two under the ball of the foot and then a very high heel. Now, that not only gives height to women who need the height, but it also allows you to walk on a four- or five-inch heel a lot easier because you're taking off two inches of that heel height, essentially, with a two-inch platform. Well, this, imagine in a sandal, has a straight across, not raised in the back and down to the ball of the foot, but this is a straight across two or more inch platform. And this is usually done in sandals. It probably, in my guess, would be almost impossible to wear, but this is what pushed the trend forward in shoes this season. High heels are very big again. High heels with the platforms, and once again, that balances the heel height, makes them uh, a bit easier to walk in. We're also seeing clogs, and these are platform where the clog, you slip your foot into it, covered leather front, usually leather could be fabric, and it has a wood heel, and then usually a wood platform so that they're a little bit easier to walk in. And we're also seeing for day with a very dressy look, a kitten, what's referred to as a kitten heel. And that is usually a slip-on and the sling back. And the kitten heel is about a two-inch heel, very, 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 very narrow. And those are often shown with a very pointy little uh, shoe. I thank you, listeners, for once again tuning in to Spring and Summer 2011 with the Mears Project. The Mears Project is a national initiative dedicated to enhancing the self-image and esteem of men and women living with visual impairments and other disabilities. Through its accessible outreach and advocacy efforts, the Mears Project demystifies and translates the nonverbal realm. The goal of the Mears Project is to level personal and professional playing fields while providing more positive, affirming reflections for all people, regardless of abilities. Visit Lynn at her website, lynncooper.us. That's L-Y-N-N-C-O-O-P-E-R dot U-S. The American Council of the Blind will hold its 50th annual conference and convention July 8th through the 16th in Reno, Nevada. The hotel is the John Esquega Nugget Hotel Resort Casino. The room rate is $87 per night plus tax for singles or doubles. Reserve your room now by calling 1-800-648-1177. Use group code GBLIND. Reserve your room by calling 1-800-648-1177. Send your suggestions or comments 
regarding ACB reports to the American Council of the Blind, 2200 Wilson Boulevard, Suite 650, Arlington, Virginia, 22201. The annual conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind is a primary source of content for ACB reports. This busy week includes general conference sessions each morning and special interest affiliate meetings throughout the afternoon and evening. This year will be an especially busy convention because it's the 50th anniversary of the American Council of the Blind. One important element of the annual conference and convention, which hasn't been talked about much on ACB reports, is the convention tour package. A recent edition of Soundprints, the weekly radio program of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, included an interview about this year's tours with tour coordinator Michael Fulgham of Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to kick it off on Friday the 8th by offering three tours. We are going to the Fallon Naval Air Station, that is the Top Gun School, where the Naval pilots train and prepare to go overseas. Uh, we're going to have a lunch at the Officers Club there. We are also going to Lake Tahoe that day and take a cruise on the MS Dixie, which is a three-story paddle wheel boat. Let me stop you just a minute. You are breaking up. Oh. But while you're getting to a slightly different location, you were saying that we are going to have a cruise on the MS Dixie on Lake Tahoe on Friday afternoon. So you can do either Fallon or MS Dixie. That is correct. And then that evening, we are going to Lewis Basque Corner, which is a local family-style restaurant for some unique dining, family-style. And if you take one of the day tours, this is one of the questions I'm getting. If you take one of the day tours, both tours will be back in time for you to make that evening tour as well. Saturday is a packed field day as well. Uh, We are going to Virginia City and spending basically all day there. Virginia City is a gold and silver uh, city, and it's literally like stepping back in time. Wooden plank sidewalks, stagecoach rides, several museums that we're going to go through, a train ride, and uh, just a whole, whole mess of things to do there. That sounds like a fun time. And eating at a great place, too. And we'll have uh, lunch at the Delta Saloon where the famous suicide table... Um, Sounds like too much fun, doesn't it, Mike? Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> now, if you're not going to Virginia City or you don't get there in time to, to leave, we have our first city bus tour that day. And then we also, at the casino, have set up private gaming lessons. Now, these lessons will be only attended by people that buy the tickets to these tours. They're going to teach you blackjack and craps let you get your hands on the tables, uh, explain the tables, explain the layout, explain rules and strategies and the whole nine yards. And we have actually three of those. One of each on Saturday, and then they each repeat twice on Sunday. Correct. Uh, Speaking of Sunday, we have the city bus tour again in the morning and then one at mid-afternoon. And then we have a gaming lesson that morning and then one late afternoon. And we don't have any other tours on Sunday. Now, on Monday, here comes one that people are asking me about. They want to know when the car museum is. Car museum, we are going on Monday. We have two tours on Monday. One of them is to the National Auto Museum. That's the uh, Harris Collection. 
And actually, you'll be able to uh, get your hands on several of the cars and actually even sit in uh, a few of them as well. Uh, I think when we were there, Carla, I think you even got to sit in a Model T. I did. I hope somebody got a picture. (laughs) And also, I got to check out that really tactile globe that's part of that trophy from the first automobile race. And they had a car that belonged to Elvis, and they also had Frank Sinatra. Yeah, and they also had uh, Frank Sinatra's car and just all kinds of other famous people. So that's a great place. And if you're Um, not into cars, though. If you're at that point, you're ready to climb the walls, well, here's your chance to do it again. You can go do it. (laughs) We are going back to the rock gym. That's an indoor rock climbing and this one is actually a bigger place than what we had last year in Phoenix. Similar thing where you climb a vertical wall, 30-foot wall, and uh, they have the rope in hand as you climb and take up the slack and all that. Okay, Tuesday. Tuesday we are going back to Lake Tahoe, but this time we are going to be able to pick one of four different things to do when we get there. We're going down to Zephyr Cove which is a beautiful, beautiful cove on Lake Tahoe on the uh, east side of the lake. Now you get to choose one of these four, parasailing, sport fishing, power boating, kayaking, or paddle boats. Now the parasailing will be able to do 14 people on that tour. The sport fishing, uh, we're showing a maximum of 16 Now, the sport fishing, you'll probably ask, what kind of fish are there in Lake Tahoe? Trout and salmon, and sometimes record-breaking trout and salmon, like somewhere between 2 and 7 pounds, sometimes up to 10 to 15, 18 pounds. We Mm -hmm. expect you all to bring back lunch for the next day. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be waiting. That's that's food for the banquet right there. That's right. (laughs) Yep. And then, Michael, you're going to be doing the powerboat thing. We are renting a uh, 23-foot Sea Ray bow rider that I'll be taking eight people on, so we'll get to spend the day powering around the lake. We'll have an inner tube if anybody wants to get out on the lake, and I'll pull you on the inner tube and just have a great day on the lake. We have a paddle kayak or the paddle boats that are for two people. You can get in and um, paddle around the cove and, and whatnot. And I'm showing only six people on that tour now. If we do not sell out the sport fishing, the 16, then I can make up the difference in the paddle kayak. And then if you're not on that tour, back at the hotel will be? We have the first of two blackjack tournaments. We'll have six tables. They'll play 25 hands. The person that has the most money at the end of those 25 hands at each table will compete against one another at one table. That winner will take a percentage of the pot, and all, well, actually, all six will take a percentage right. of the pot. Right. And then Wednesday? Wednesday, we have Davidson Tea Company, the Ultimate Rush and Slingshot, and just go on and Google Ultimate Rush and Slingshot Nevada, and you'll be amazed. It's what that bungee jumping. Up. Oh, dear. No, thank you. <laughs> Along with Two tours down to the Chocolate Nugget Candy Factory. That's on Wednesday. On Thursday, we're going to the new Nevada State Museum in Mint in Carson City. And then the second Blackjack Tournament. And then the other tour is the Nevada Museum of Arts. we got three things going on there. 
On Friday, there's nothing. And so Saturday, the last day, we are going to the Tahoe Ridge Winery, where we'll have a wine tasting and a lunch there. Come back and get freshened up and go back down to Zephyr Cove to a 55-foot catamaran sailboat where we will do a sunset cruise on the woodwind. And that ticket includes... Unlimited wine, beer, right. and champagne. Correct. We're going to. Correct. <laughs> You're going to need I, some I, help to load that bus when they get off <laughs> that boat. <laughs> and if you want to stay at the hotel, mm-hmm. Dana Carvey uh, is at the uh, Nugget that weekend. And so we'll have show tickets for Dana Carvey. Uh, prior to that, we'll go to Trader Dick's, one of the restaurants there, to have a marvelous meal. So if you don't want to go on the woodwind, then you can stay at the hotel, have dinner, and a show. And prime rib is one of the options for that dinner, too. This is just fantastic. All of this will be on the registration form. We wanted to give people a look at how the schedule was shaping up because we're getting lots of questions. People are making their plane reservations. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. Well, thank you. Michael Fulgham is the tour coordinator for the American Council of the Blind annual conference and convention. He was interviewed for Sound Prince by Carla Rushville and Michael McCarty. Sound Prince is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream. Visit acbradio.org for a broadcast schedule and other information about the various channels of ACB Radio. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.